So we're gonna we're gonna go for it. Uh, I I looked up where some children are asked different questions about love and marriage and dating, and I, I thought I'd give you give you some of them. Some st so children between the ages of five and ten. Strat so these were strategies they were asked making people fall in love with you. So this is Dale, age six. Tell them a whole bunch of candy stories. Shake your hips. And hope for the best. <laughs> uh, don't do things like have smelly green sneakers. You might get attention, but attention ain't the same thing as love. Uh, some good... What to do if your first date turns sour? Uh, this was Craig, age nine. I'd run home and play dead. <laughs> the next day, I would call all the newspapers and make, make sure they wrote about me in, in all the dead columns. <laughs> what people are thinking when they say, I love you. This is Michelle. She said, the person is thinking, yeah, I really do love him, but I hope he showers at least once a day. <laughs> okay, here's some titles of love ballads. Love ballads that uh, children were asked to, to create. One of them. I love hamburgers. I like you. <laughs> you are my darling, even though you also know my sister. Um, how do I love thee when you're always picking your nose? <laughs> Honey, I got your curly hair and your Nintendo on my mind. Okay, and the last one. Will, age seven. Hey, baby, I don't like girls, but I'm willing to forget you are one. <laughs> Okay, uh, and lastly, the best age to get married. 23 is the best age, because you know the person forever by then. <laughs> and this is Freddie, age six. No age is good to get married at. You've got to be a fool to get married. So there we go. Some, uh, some wise thoughts from children there. Uh, so if you thought this morning was slightly... Uh, technically, there was a few technical glitches this morning, you should have seen the last sort of few days. I, in prepping this talk, it, I've, I've done about five drafts, if I'm honest, and uh, so I started thinking about love and created a talk, and I, I just got really nervous about it, so I ditched it, created another talk, I then went down to tell Viv this talk, because I didn't really want to do this talk on love. And she I started talking. After about three minutes, she was just, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I then created another talk to try and avoid love. It just wasn't happening. So in the end, I, I came back to, uh, to what I'm hopefully going to share with you today about, about love. Um, as a young Christian, when I, when I think about love or songs or singing, I thought most of the... The words that we sing, or some of the, the phrases that we use, were really girly. They weren't manly. I wanted sort of male songs. Uh, I'm a West Ham fan, and I wanted songs that I could sing as a football supporter. And some of the songs we sing are very girly. So as this young Christian, I, I 
just, they all seemed about like Jesus is my boyfriend. And I, it was kind of weird. I'd, read, I'd start, started reading the Bible and it, it would say that Jesus, we're, we're to be as a church the bride of Christ. I was like, I'm going to get married to Jesus? How does that, how does that work? Is that, is that really, really weird? And then I, I stumbled upon, many of us do Bible reading, I stumbled across this book called Song of Songs. And I thought, man, why is this in here? It's so girly. It's so full of these sort of feminine words. And it's not butch and it's not manly. It's, it's, re it's really not... Why, why God? I thought you were kind of like a man's man. And, uh, but today I want to talk about Song of Songs. And... Um, uh, about 10 years ago, I, I fell in love with this book, and I, so this is what I want to talk to you about, what, what God has done in me through this book. The last three weeks, uh, we've kind of talked about Isaiah 61 as marker for the church. Last week, we talked about the prodigal son as a signpost about God's love for us and how he embraces us. And we talked about the father's kiss, that the father, his kiss and his embrace is very different. Today we want to talk about Jesus kissing us with his word. And um, so I'm slightly nervous, so bear with me. But what is true is if you open up the middle of the Bible, in the middle of the Bible, in all of your Bible, God has placed this book, this weird book called the Song of Songs, Right, in the, and some of you are looking at your apps. In the very centre of the Bible, God has placed uh, this book about love, about relationships, about sex, about all kinds of things, right bang in the middle. And uh, so we can't get away with it. There was something in God's mind about placing a scripture about love and humanity and how he loves us in here. So the songs we've sung today, most of them have come from this, from this, from this book here, uh, most of them have come from here. Some of the, some of the words that we've, we've sung come from here. Um, uh, so let me just read. Let me just read the first. Uh, I'm just going to read the first two, two verses. So it's not a, a long, a long scripture. Song of Songs one, verse one. Solomon's Song of Songs, beloved. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. Uh, let me just give you a bit of a, a bit of a background to this. Um, I've probably got more books on Song of Songs than any other, more sort of theolog theological books on Song of Songs. I've probably studied more about Song of Songs than any other other book I know. And probably this, these two verses are, it feels like God has written them for me, if, if I'm totally honest. Uh, and I've spent weeks and weeks and months and months and months thinking and meditating and wondering about these really weird, obscure ver verses here. So I'm going to try in a nutshell to, um, to tell you a bit about some of this. And so I'm going to tell you some, some sort of details and then I want to talk to you about my heart. So, uh, Solomon makes this bold claim. It's the song of songs. It's the song of songs. Now, I don't know what's in your top ten of songs, or maybe even this week, what's in your top ten of songs. But whenever you hear someone say something of something, 
they're making a pretty bold statement. So we, we say that about Jesus. Jesus is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the Prince of Peace. Uh, we love it when we pray, when we offer prayer on the streets for anyone. We do healing on the streets. And one of my favourite times is when, when we get a faith healer coming to us. And often they're riddled with sickness. I find it quite an irony that a faith healer would come wanting prayer for healing. And one of the phrases I use for faith healers is, let me introduce you to the healer of healers. Let me tell you about the... You have a, a framework of healing. Let me tell you about the, the one that's above all healing. And so Jesus makes these claims about himself. And so here Solomon is talking about the song of songs. Uh, so he makes this bold claim, bold claim that the songs previously to this, uh, this, uh, this book and the songs forever to be written have got nothing on, on what's, in, what's in here. So these are the song of songs. These are the best of the best songs. And the theologian Jack Deere says, as a superlative, the title may mean that it's the best of Solomon's... And so he wrote about a thousand songs. Or more likely, what, he, what Solomon's claiming here is that this is the best of the best. There's no other song like this. There's no other songs like this. Um, so the style. The book is a poetry... There's a touch of sort of dramatic spirit about, about it. It's very Eastern in its uh, description, its colours, uh, the physical sort of charms. And um, for us as Westerners and for us as uh, 21st century London people, we look at the Song of Songs very differently how it was written. It was written from a sort of an Eastern perspective. So in here, and I've got to be... This is PG rated. But in here, there's some really explicit language about relationships and about sex and about things that couples do in relationships. So uh, I'm going to keep it PG, particularly as I don't want to embarrass my kids either. Um, but the Song of Songs is about lovers. It's all about lovers. And uh, for some, in, throughout church history, up until about 100 years ago, Song of Songs was, was viewed as an allegorical piece of writing. So it was a kind of a metaphor. There were pictures, there was images about how God loves Israel or God loves his church or how God loves you. It's only really the last hundred years that, particularly in Western, in Western uh, theological senses, that we've moved towards actually this is a... This is explicitly about relationships between a man and a woman. So for uh, two or three thousand years, this book, Song of Songs, was viewed as an allegorical piece of writing about how God loves you and about how he wants to embrace you. So there's words like, let him kiss me with the kisses of his lips. Uh, for three thousand years, it's been known, let God kiss me with his word. So we can take that word lips or mouth as God's word, what God says. And uh, last week we talked about how the father embraces and how he kisses you. That's the kind of father's embrace. This is like let God, let, we sang this earlier, let his sloppy wet kiss, kiss me with his word. And uh, what we want to do is talk about two or three things that you can do to let God love you. And um, uh, let me just talk personally. So, so the last few days... I felt a lot of fear about 
this morning, and a lot of fear about all the things that may or may not happen and from, the, from the start of preparing this. Um, fear is mentioned, and commands of fear are mentioned hundreds of times in the Bible. It's probably one of the most common ways God commands us not to fear. Do not worry. Do not be troubled. Whatever's going on in your life, there's, a, there's almost like a command every day for us not to fear. Uh, and there's something about the human nature that God understands. He knows our tendencies to fear and to worry. So even at 5 to 11, I'm, here, I'm sat there like, I'm really nervous. I'm really scared about what's going to happen. Everything's going wrong. The computer's going wrong. And God's just like, don't... Do you remember what you're talking about? He's saying to me, do you remember what you're talking about today? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, let me skip over to Isaiah 51. And uh, this is the other, other scripture that God wanted me to share today. Just about fear. And uh, Isaiah 51, it might come up. Isaiah 51. Um, let's do it from verse 9. Awake, awake. Clothe yourself with strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in the days gone of old, as in the generations of old. Um, was it not you who, who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made a road in the depths of the sea, so that the redeemed might cross over? Uh, the ransomed of the Lord will return, and they will enter Zion singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Okay, this is, this is where we get to. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sign will flee away. I, even I, am he who confront, who, com who comforts you. Who are you that you fear, mortal men, the sons of men, who are but, but grass? So, so verse 12. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should fear? It's like God saying, who are you? Why, why would you fear? Why would you... Why would you think about fearing? Have you not seen my size? Have you not seen how big I am? And the rest of the verse is just about how God, he churns up the sea. He's this big creator, creator God. And uh, there's something about fear and love which is battling us. Um, later on in John, it, uh, 1 John, it talks about there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Uh, because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Uh, and as I was thinking about today, I just felt like there were people um, in this battle of fear and this battle of love. See, we either operate out of fear or we have to operate out of love. We either do things out of fear or we do things to, out of love. So Bags of Blessing, I, it's, it's, it's going to be an amazing project. Because we, what we're saying is love's got to look like something. Love's just not a, a feeling, it's a verb, it's an action. Love's got to, we've got to demonstrate things with love. And so bags of blessing is this simple way where we can show people God's love through practical ways. But some of us are, are operating in, in fear and God just wants to say, stop it. Like literally stop it. Do you not realise my signs? Do you not realise that that fear is getting in the way of, of my love? And so I, I, we want to pray for people later uh, who are maybe worried about things or fearful about things or, or just stuck, stuck in some things. Um, 
I, uh, just going back to the, the Song of Songs, where it talks about, let him kiss me with the kisses of his word. Uh, two things, uh, and then we're almost finished. Two things we want to leave you with. Number one, the, w- the way to, to receive God's love, the things that I've learned about God's love, is that it's through, the, it's through scripture. Where it says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. One of the best ways to receive God's love and to receive what he's speaking about you is through scripture, through, through the Bible. Every word, this is like the manual, this is like a, a human manual. Uh, I often think that babies should come out with a instruction manual, shouldn't they? They should, what do we do with this particular baby? I've got no idea what, what I'm meant to do with this, this child. Uh, God has written an instruction manual for us. And in here, this is full of practical ways for us to do, to, to, to do life. And if we want to know how to have relationships, it's in here. If we want to know how to, what sex is like, good sex is like, it's in here. If we want to know what, what it's like being a mom and a dad, it's in here. If we want to know how to have a, a relationship with God, it's in here. If we want to know what's going to happen at the end of our life, it's in, it's in here. And, uh, so the Bible is one of the, one of, is the best way to, to receive God's love. Um, how many, let's talk about fear again. How many of us have uh, worried or thought about things or we've lost sleep at night? I was, I was thinking about uh, what do we worry about? And I found this online test about do you worry? Uh, how many of you have ever worried? Uh, how often do you imagine the worst in a situation? How often do you imagine the worst? Whether it's in relationships or health or finances, or what's going to happen to you? Uh, how often do you worry about your well-being, your safety, your financial matters, relationships? Uh, how about your future? How many of you here worry about what your future holds for you? What does your future hold for you? How many, here's one. How many of you worry about what other people think about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. Uh, how many of you worry about making mistakes all the time? Uh, how many of you are worrying at the moment about your health or other people's health at the moment? Yeah, yeah, lots of us. And the last one, do you worry about what can happen to family members, your friends or your loved ones? Yeah, we all worry. We all worry. When we talk about meditation, you all know how to meditate because you all worry. It's the same things that you use to worry or fearful that you use to meditate on scripture. So we all know how to meditate. We don't need to go on a class how to meditate, because we all know how to meditate. We just meditate on worry, or we meditate on fear. What, what God's calling us into is let's meditate on, on his truth. So, our, so meditation is really, really a simple thing. It's about chewing things over. So if we worry about things, we're chewing things over. When we meditate on God's truth, we're just chewing things over, chewing over his word. So, um, uh, so when he says, your love is, be- is better than wine, he's basically saying, let's chew over, chew over those things, things about God. Okay. So the first thing is about meditating on, uh, two things I've learned about receiving God's love. Meditate on scripture. Uh, and the second one is sing. The second, the other thing I've learned about receiving God's love is sing. And there are 
loads and loads and loads of theories and case studies about the healing power of singing, just without looking at what God says about singing. Uh, scientists and doctors have, have noticed that there are some powerful, uh, uh, powerful things that happen when you sing in our neuropathways, in our, it has healing properties. There's something about what God has designed us to, is to sing. The Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism. So this like summing up, what's the Christian faith about? So it's this opening question. And again, the language is in the 17th century. And it asks, what's the chief, what is the chief end of man? It makes us think, what is the chief end of man? Of man? What's, the, what's the thing about the human, hum, humanity? What's the chief purpose of, of human beings? And they responded, man's or man, man or woman's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's, a, that's the purpose, according to uh, all the things in Scripture, just to glorify God, to worship him, and to enjoy him, to enjoy being alive, enjoy God. And what, that's what we do when we sing and when we worship. We're glorifying God, we're lifting up God, we're, we're saying, God, you are the Lord of Lords, you are above everything else. But also, we're beginning to enjoy God. And uh, what we're asking is that God's presence just comes sweeps in our midst and we can just enjoy him. Now, if we're fearful on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we come here on a Sunday morning, we might have some issues when we worship God because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we've been worrying and fearful and we've been thinking about our family, we've been thinking about what's going on. We suddenly come and we're worshipping God. We might have some issues. And what we're calling people in is can we... Worship God. Can we think about God? Can we chew over God? Can we worship God throughout the week? And so Sundays is just our, when we gather together, our kind of, our, our, as a congregation, we're all coming together to worship God. Uh, so two things, if we're worrying about, worrying about things or fearful about things, is take the truth and chew over it. Chew over it. Think about it. But then just during the week, how can I glorify God? How can I worship God? How can I think about God? I remember about eight years ago, I, uh, Viv and I, we, we had this, we had a really, really rough time in our marriage. Re like, really rough time in our marriage. And uh, we could, divorce was a consideration. Uh, divorce was a possibility. That was, that looked like our future. And I, uh, I remember someone said to me, uh, they said some, some of those words that we read in Isaiah 51, who are you? Why would you fear? And he, he said he felt God, and this is someone that I trust and that I know. He said, uh, he feels God saying, Steve, you're in his way. Steve, just get out of the way. You're, you're in God's way. You're, you're trying to save our marriage, but... You're in God's way. And he said to me, God's, God's a lot bigger than you realise. Uh, you're living in this fear. You're fearful about the future. You're worried about what's going to happen. You need to get out of the way. And it was quite, it was quite a harsh word. It wasn't kind of a soft molly You know, I wanted him to put his arm around me saying, you know, it's going to be okay. Everything's all right. I'd stroke me. But it was, really, it was actually quite a hard, a really, really harsh word. And that was at the beginning of January. Uh, 2008, 
and uh, and we were we were arguing. It was really bad. We were really arguing loads and loads and loads. And I, I felt God say, "Okay, I need to step out of the way." And uh, the words were, "God's going to fight for you. God wants to save your marriage more than you do." And I remember on Valentine's Day, 2008. I remember Viv coming down uh, into a, some of us been to the house in a, into a dining room. I remember in the morning, Valentine's Day, 2008, she just looked radiant. She, there was something different that had happened, and God had saved our marriage. And it was from that moment, um, eight years ago, that everything changed for us. Now, I'm not saying that we don't argue, uh, but we do argue, uh, but there was something that God, because God had brought this hard work, do not fear. Do not be worried. I'm trying to fight for our marriage, trying to save our marriage, uh, and I just have to step out of the way and let God, let God save our marriage. And uh, he really, really did. And it was probably from that moment, Valentine's Day, eight years ago, that everything changed for us. Uh, because God had saved us, we've just gone, okay, we're just going to push all our chips in. Um, the hand that we've been dealt isn't very good. We looked at looked at the hand that we'd been dealt, we, we were in counselling, we were trying to recover our marriage, we were trying to protect our children, love, uh, love the family. Um, and, but we just said, God, we, we're really broken, we, we know that you've saved us, we know that you've saved our marriage, we're just going to push all the poker chips in and go, we're all in. Because uh, what you've done for us is, we, we're just all in. And uh, because God saved us, he's taken up all the fear of us. Maybe he can do it for other people. Uh, because God's done it once, he wants to do it again and again and again. And, um, uh, so that was it. That was it really I wanted to, to share with you. Um, but I, there might be some people here today that you're worried about things. It might be that you're fearful about things. It might be to do with your health. It might be to do with relationships. It might, might be to do with... Uh, financial issues might be to do with the future. Uh, we would really, really love to pray for you. We have a worship night, which is starting next week, because we've just said, you know, the two things we want to go for is worship. We want to worship God. The chief end of man is to glorify God and worship Him. So let's just have this time of pursuing God's presence. And um, so we're going to be doing that next week, just because we're saying, God, we're all in. We're all in. Um, if we're all in. So why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? And uh, I want to invite you, if you're...